My name is Jeff Harry, and I'm going to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. This conversation has been a long time coming. I'm really happy to be able to chat with Jeff Harry today. Jeff combines positive psychology and play to help teams and organizations navigate difficult conversations and assist individuals in, well, addressing their biggest challenges through you know, embracing a play-oriented approach to work. Jeff has been featured in the New York Times, Mashable, Upworthy, and he was selected by Bamboo HR and Engagedly as one of the top 100 HR influencers of 2020. There is so much to get into during this conversation. You don't even get to hear all of it because we did a whole other conversation separately. Maybe I'll release that at some point. But for now, you're going to get to hear a productive conversation with Jeff Harry. Enjoy. Jeff, thanks for joining me on a productive conversation. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to be here. For those that are just tuning in now, because it's the beginning of the episode, we talked for like what? Uh, an almost 40, an hour. Almost an hour about professional wrestling. A and uh, I don't know when that conversation will be released. I don't know if it will. I don't know if elements of it will, but it was a lot of fun. And yes. it makes total sense because I'm talking to a guy who makes his living Doing fun stuff. Jeff, can you quickly kind of go over what I mean when I say, hey, Jeff, Jeff is just a fun guy. He's do he does a lot of fun stuff and helps people have fun along the way. Yeah. So uh, Jeff Harry, I run a Rediscover Your Play, um, and I combine positive psychology and play to create psychologically safe workspaces for a lot of Fortune 500 teams. And when I'm not doing that, then I – inspire a lot of people to play more as a way to solve a lot of their problems. Now, for those who subscribe to the podcast for quite some time, you, you know that I'm friends with Gary Ware. You are as yeah. well. You've wor done yeah. work with Gary before, I believe, yeah. as well, right? Yep. So we'll link to that episode because I think there's some nice correlations there, and as well as Kristen Milliken, who does Play DHD, because she incorporates play but with the ADHD element. So there's... Yeah. I'm seeing a lot more of this happening because I spend time in this space, right? Like a lot of people probably yeah. are like, where does play come in? And I remember when I did improv uh, back years ago here in Victoria, and we would go in and create elements of play in a work environment. Mm -hmm. I, I want to know what, what that can do for a company, especially a company right now that might be, as we're recording this, trying to get back to some sense of normality or some sense of, yeah. of, of um, centering uh, because they're all coming back together and maybe they haven't been for a while. Yeah. So, so let me first define what I mean by play because everyone has a different like definition, you know? Absolutely. And I define play as any joyful act where you forget about time, right? Where the, <laughs> so, what we, so what we did before we started. What we did before <laughs> this, right? You don't have anxiety about the future. You don't have regrets about the past. You were like, fully in flow you are fully in the moment you're fully present and then i also say play is the opposite of perfection what is perfection built on ego shame um uh, fear of failure right fear of, of 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 not getting it right while play is built off of curiosity experimentation awe. you know i had a former colleague that worked on the mars rover her main job was to get the Mars rover to fail 25,000 different ways on Earth before they sent it 150 million miles away because when it failed there, they'd be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. We've already figured it out. And the reason why I give that analogy is that is 
that's the situation a lot of companies are dealing with right now, right? We talked earlier about wrestling uh-huh. and how antiquated organizations that are not willing to adapt to the reality now, right? Yep. Are not willing to navigate uncertainty uh-huh. that are trying to get back to normal. Guess what? Normal's not coming back. Uh-huh. It's not. It's Brent. I mean, we're having the roaring twenties all over again. Yeah, right. Sure. So like if you are not showing up in a more creative way, your company is going to be obsolete. Like they might still be around, but you might be like Sears or Blockbuster or something else, mm-hmm. you know? And I say this a lot um, because a lot of people don't realize this, but um, Henry Ford implemented the eight hour work week or eight hour work day mm-hmm. back in 1925. This was right around the pandemic. So part of the reason why, and it wasn't because he was a good guy because he was a horrible dude, but it was partly because so many people were dying in factories and he realized, oh, if I do an eight-hour workday, then I can have them work three shifts, 24 hours a day on my new assembly line. And then he doubled everybody's salary, which yep. really pissed off everyone else that was around. But he was being innovative for the time mm-hmm. because that's what the time called. What? So the question I have for a lot of companies and leaders now is, what new innovation are you bringing, right? Are you thinking about a four-day work week? Are you thinking about including more mental health days? What are you thinking about how people even show up to work? Do they need to work eight hours or do you care more about what they do during those eight hours? Like we need to start rethinking how people work and the future of work because the way in which we were doing it just wasn't cutting it. See, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at this candle. I have candles in my office or my study here. And one of them says uh, it's a John Steinbeck quote. I'll see if I can get it to focus on here. If you're watching this live now, can't it says. And now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. Right. And and that's the thing is when when you are navigating a bunch of dynamic elements, because let's face it, the workspace is dynamic. And then it's a microcosm inside of a much larger dynamic element, such as the world. Right. Like one of the things you brought up was the idea of, again, Henry Ford kind of innovating and I'm doing air quotes here around the 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 workday going oh 24 divided by 3 is 8 I can do three shifts of 8 hours a piece boom that's how we do it but what's interesting is that you could still take elements of that like you said and say oh well I'm a night owl I'm better working at night it serves me to do that later shift because right. that's what I'm going to bring my best and I dare say, and I know that, I mean, I'm not at all downplaying the elements of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Uh, We've all been affected by it in various ways. But events like this tend to exacerbate or accelerate what was going to happen anyway. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And then the other part that I've been asking a lot of companies when I'm working with them is, did you build trust during the pandemic mm-hmm. or did you lose trust during the pandemic? Like right. what did you do during this time? And are you even willing to have conversations with your staff about how, you know, to make a more psychologically safe space? Do they feel comfortable even talking about what happened during the pandemic and have that hard conversation? The reason why the great resignation is happening and mm-hmm. companies are like, I don't understand why people are leaving is because a lot of employees felt used and they felt like they weren't like weren't appreciated. And they and and a perfect example is is American Airlines, right? American Airlines gets um they gets pandemic 
uh, what is it like a pen? It wasn't even a loan, but they get some money. I think it was like 1.9, like billion. It was a lot of money. Right. Right. And then right after they got it, they laid off like 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. And then this summer, American Airlines, right before the summer says, oh, we're having um, worker shortages. We don't know why. You know, part of the reason is the pandemic. Part of the reason. And it was just like, no, you let go of all these people. And then when you tried to come back to them and were like, hey, now you can come back. They felt used because you used that money to buy back your stock and, you know, and uh, reward a lot of your, your leadership. But you didn't care about your employees, the people that make your company tick. And that's why now you're struggling so much. So, a lot of companies have to be reflecting on what mistakes did we make and are we willing to admit those mistakes and then figure out how we can like start to build trust with our staff. And I think it's going to be give and take, too, because I've seen some uh, some reports of companies saying uh, you have to come back to the office like everyone's going to have to right. come back to the office. And that's not going to work for everybody uh, necessarily either. And I totally get that. But by the same token, and this is where I will side a bit with some companies where they say, Okay, you're not going to come to the office, but now you live remotely in the Midwest and we're paying right. you a salary that is Manhattan based. Right. We we're going to we're going to make some adjustments there. So I think that 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 correction is also going to happen to a degree as well. There's going to be like all of this is going to there is going to be some course correcting that happens on both sides of the equation, but it can't be a tug of war. It cannot it be a tug of be. war. It can't be, and ask, and 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 both parties have to come with a certain level of shared humanity, right? Right. That like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I say this uh, a lot to leaders. Um, why is your company successful? You know, and if you really believe the company is successful more because of your leadership than your staff, then you should be like, well, then just let go of all your staff and just run it yourself. But if you are like, they're the backbone of our organization. Our staff is what drives us. Okay, then how are you communicating that? You know, I tell a lot of people this, you know, from like a play standpoint, right? Where I'm like, oh, you want to help your staff get into flow more? You want to help them play more? Why don't you ask your staff, and this is not a big ask, right? But why don't you ask your staff, what is your flow work? What is the work where you forget about time? What is your zone of genius work? Mm -hmm. Oh, what is, you know, what percentage of time do you do that work? Oh, I love talking to clients. What percentage of time do you do that work? Oh, you only do that 20% of the time. Oh my goodness. Out of your whole work week, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in flow, you're 500% more productive, right? How do we figure out a way in which you can increase it from 20 to 30%, yeah. right? Google used to do this with the 20% program, yep. right? At which I don't know why they stopped doing it. But if you think about that 20% program, that built the foundation of their organization. Google Meet, Gmail, Google Maps, you know, all of these innovations came from giving their staff 20% of their time to pursue what was curious to them. And that built so much of what our organization. So giving them freedom, kind of what we said earlier during the wrestling, if you're giving your staff cash and creative, Mm-hmm. They're more likely to produce. Right. And the thing is, uh, further to that, is cash is quantitative, creative is qualitative, right? Exactly. And I think the the hard part, and I get this, is that businesses, it's the focus has been on quantitative, not just yeah. in terms of dollars, but also in terms of hours and minutes, right? That's why we're going to pay you by the hour, we're going to pay you by this. But I know a lot more people are saying, I'm going to work by project. I'm going to work yes. by this project. because. Um, the, the problem with hourly is that, uh, and I've been reading this book by Oliver Berkman, who I think is a fantastic writer, and I'm glad he wrote this book called uh, 4,000 Weeks. 
And he basically says, like, you know, sometimes thing, take, things take the time that they take. Like, you, yeah. can't, you can't force it. And a lot of flow, like, for example, um, we, we were talking about wrestling beforehand and all that stuff. That The idea of us having that free-flowing conversation where we were just mm-hmm. fully present in the moment. I, I can then take that conversation, which we recorded because I've been – experience has taught me, let's record that just in case there's some gold yeah. there to be mined. Okay, yeah. I have it there. Let's let it sit and simmer and percolate and decide what we might want to do with it later. I've got it. Let's deal with it when when it when the time is right. So I think what happens is a lot of people, not just businesses, but people get caught up in quantitative productivity yep. and they don't yep. focus on the elements of qualitative. And you need both, right? You totally you definitely need both. And we've been on such the side of producing so much. Right. You don't need so much content. You need good content, right? Mm-hmm. If you think of Saturday Night Live, they <laughs> produce a show that is a in a week. They yep. produce a show in a week, which half of it is good, right? But when you think of it, they're brainstorming all week. They're playing all week, and then they come up with some genius idea at the end of at the end of the day. And I think what a lot of companies instead do is like, we have to do it this way. Yep. You know, we've always did marketing this way. We've always done sales this way. If you send out a sales email now that doesn't address the fact that we're in the middle of like a pandemic and there's like an apocalypse and the world's on fire as well mm-hmm. as flooded. And you're just not, you just come off as so tone deaf. Yes. Right. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. 
Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productiveconvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. You have to, if you want to establish trust, then you need to be, you, you need to be aware. You can't, yeah. it, it's like the, it's, it's again, it's, it's like the, you got to come back to the office. Yeah, but I've got kids that can't get vaccinated yet. Yeah. And that, that scares the crap out of me. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, like there, the world is, it's, it's really, and this is, you're right. When it comes to productivity too, I think like we, we've leaned so far towards quantitative because it's easy. It's it, when I say easy, uh-huh. it's easy to count. Oh, we've done this. This is how much money done. Qualitative is a lot harder to measure because it doesn't have that, that, that finitude to it. Like, you know, that, that I can touch it. I can grab it. We, we talked again earlier about the idea of fine, like actual money, and there I, I said actual money, which is just like the cur- the financial system and blockchain, right? Like yep. one you can see, yep. you can touch. But really, do we? Because frankly, how many online payments do you do? Do you actually touch the money? No. Like so, it's 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 perspective and awareness are so huge in all of these things. And the only way, and all of these things came from not from let's sit down and like get hyper focused and let's do things. Yes. It was it was through the element of let's. Go for a walk. Let's get some flow it's, happening. It's through Let's the get, element of curiosity. Right. right, right. It's it's curiosity. If you think of who was more successful, you had the Wright brothers, who were these two bike mechanics just messing around making a plane in their bike shop. They were competing against, I believe it was Chrysler and a bunch of like people that were backing it, PhDs, you know, and who won? The people focused on the result of we need to produce or these just two bike mechanics having a good time, yep. right? So like this, again, if we're talking about how are you going to be innovative and how are you, you know, like you have all these, you know, buzzwords of like innovation. I I go back, there's a book written by a professor named David Graeber called uh, BS Jobs or Bullshit Jobs, okay. right? Yep. And he found that 40% of jobs right now at major companies, not necessary. Yeah. You got the micromanagers. You got people that are doing the TPS reports. You have all these people that, like you have marketing teams that spend more time marketing their marketing, mm-hmm. like doing internal marketing to say, look at all of the quantitative metrics that I'm doing. But if you removed a majority of that marketing team, sales wouldn't change. Yep. So like you have all of this like quantitative stuff that's really kind of like a waste, right? Yep. Why does that micromanager want you back in the office? Because they don't know what to do now. Yep. Because they've like, and this is the same person that said to you, oh, you can never work at home. And then it proved that you were more more people were productive at home. Mm-hmm. So so we again, like how are you showing respect? You know, are you are you what was it? There was just a headline that came out recently where some companies are now want to uh, monitor screen time of their employees to make sure they're not going, you know, not going to other sites or looking for other jobs during. That's not building trust nope. with your staff, man. Nope. Like you have to be really like by you saying you need to be in the office. Oh, I'm scared because my kid, you know, I want to make sure my kid is safe. By you being like, yeah, I don't care. 
you have guaranteed that person's going to start looking for another job. I, I can give you an exact example from years ago. The reason that I'm here right now working 100% on this job is because I worked for, for a, an organization. It was an arts organization. And I, 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 it just wasn't the right fit. And during the interview process, even though I took the job, one of the things that came up during the interview process was I have kids and they said, well, you know, if something was to happen, like if a kid was to go, you have to be here. And wow. I was like, I want this job because it's a gateway to it's a, it's a more appealing job than the one I have now. But I know that my shelf life here is limited simply yes. because of that. And that was always in my mind. And right. as and once we had our second kid. Um, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm now, and in Canada, uh, you know, which again, astounds me that America doesn't have this. Um, I was able to take parental leave. (laughs) So, so when we had our second kid, I gave notice. I said, okay, I'm leaving now because I knew now, not only was it, there was one time, you know, it was, I've now doubled the likelihood that I might have to stay home at least once because my wife was an acupuncturist and she, she can't just cancel on a client. Like, like that's how you, speaking of trust, if you want to kill trust, you go, yeah, I'm canceling appointments on you. That's, that's, that's a trust killer too. All my job was at that point was writing arts grants during that time of year. It wasn't like it was the busy, crazy time. So I said, you know what? And I had already started doing my online stuff in earnest. So I was balancing like this 40 hour per week, if not more online job writing for, you know, work awesome and doing all the stuff there. It starting to really cut my teeth in the productivity space. But then also I'm working at this arts organization. I'm like, okay, I need to make a choice now. Which choice is better for me? It was all mm-hmm. about quality. It was all about like, I'm going to be able to work from home. Like my, my son has never known me not to be my own boss. Yeah. Right. My daughter was five, I think, when I finally went. She vaguely remembers. But my today, as we're recording this, I'm getting a drone shipped to my house for filming. My son and I are going to play with it. Like we're going to be able to, you know, and, and I bought the right one with the right experience and and. Him and I were talking about like Twitch the other day and like maybe yeah. I should do something for Twitch for productivity. Yeah. How would you do that, Dad? I'm like, I don't know, Colt. What do you think I should do? So right. like, these are all the things I get to do because I made one choice yep. based on something that was – and it, it all comes down to values and principles too, so, right? Yeah, so so companies really have to ask themselves, are, they, are you actually living up to your values, mm-hmm. right? But then more importantly, how are you communicating your values to your – to your team, right? right? Like, how are you communicating your values to each employee? You know, if you're claiming, oh, we're like family, well, families are dysfunctional. So like, what are we talking regarding? (laughs) That that was something that came up in my interview with Aaron Meyer about uh, Netflix. Like, they're like, you're not a family. They considered it to be more like a sports franchise. Yeah, players come, right. players go. And I'm like, that's right. a great idea because some players right. are not going to be the superstars, but they're going to be. And if you've watched, well, again, back to wrestling, there's always going to be those main eventers. But then there's always going to be those those guys, you know, the good hand, as Jim Ross would call it, like the good hand you can rely on. But even referencing a AEW, right, yep. this new yep. wrestling venture, yep. a lot of wrestlers now are realizing, oh, I can make more money doing a lot of different things. That's what a lot of employees are experiencing right now, where they're like, do I want to run my own organization or do I want to be a consultant? Do I want to work for an organization that actually cares more about me doing quality work in the four to five hours that I give a day because you can only do deep work for about four hours? Or do I care to work for the organization that is so antiquated Mm -hmm. that's like you need to be in the office eight hours a day? even if you don't have eight hours of work that you need to do. Like we really have to rethink 
how we're treating employees going forward. And if you're not bringing shared humanity, compassion, and empathy to the forefront, like certain organizations, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of people are going to be like, I don't know if I, I'm the right fit here anymore. You know, um, one thing I want to mention real quick is uh, I, uh, that's something I struggle with when I brought my team members on, like some of my team members is that I knew mm-hmm. I needed them to do stuff, but I, I was trying to figure out what, because my, I can only do certain things that yeah. they can't do. And my buddy, Carl Stabe has this uh, program called dig to fly that he said, give this, put this through the paces with your operations person. And it was sharing values. And mm-hmm. when I meet, I sat down and I was going to mention this to you before, um, because I think this is what we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. The idea of environment, because I think that that plays a role mm. as well. So I, I sat down with my operations uh, uh, coordinator and we went through this process and we found we had shared values. And she didn't know some of the things that I was like, because I mean, I told her the story about me leaving the, the, the that organization and all that stuff. Like I, I was vulnerable and opened up about that, which yeah. made her number one feel like, oh, I this is something I can sink my teeth into because yeah. we have some shared values and some shared principles. And by doing that, not only did I... Um, not only did I, I, I uh, give her some clarity, but I also gave her permission mm-hmm. because she's like, I know Mike's like this, so this is what we will do. And I didn't even have to be involved in the process, which right. made it amazing. So it strengthened the relationship all because there was heightened awareness and clarity, which led to that trust element, which I thought was – so, I mean, that process was really, really valuable. But the cool thing is we did it in person because she lives here. Yeah. We went to a, a new cafe in town. Um, Dave Asprey is open. He's, he's from the area, and he opened up a oh, cafe okay. here. And I walked in there a few weeks ago, and I immediately was transported out of my city and back into California because I went to the, one of those bulletproof cafes in Santa Monica. So yeah. I felt like I wasn't at home. And we talked about this a little bit before as well. Man, we're going to have to That's do awesome. something with that. Because <laughs> because the idea of going to a place, it does yeah. unlock stuff. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. Let's touch on that a little bit. Like how environment changes can unlock play and flow as well. Well, it's <sighs> – it's this idea, we were talking about this earlier, about like travel, yeah. right? You need to get out of the comfort of normalcy, mm-hmm. right? You need to, like, I talk a lot about this, of how you can actually get into flow. One of the main ra- ways I tell people to get into flow is to actually get bored. And right. it's like, well, what do you mean get bored? And it's just like, stop binge watching Netflix, stop looking at social media, and actually you know, as you get quiet, because we get inundated with more information in a day than most people received in the 1950s in an entire year. Right. 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 So it's just so noisy. And it's not all. And it's also not accurate information. And it's not accurate. It's it's telling you you're not enough. It's telling you to buy more stuff from Amazon. And you're filtering. You're spending a lot of time filtering noise, which is exhausting. So much. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So when you actually allow yourself to get bored, then all of a sudden your inner child starts to show up and it starts whispering these nerves sided ideas, right? These ideas that make you nervous and excited. And then you're like, oh my goodness, should I do this? Like, should I start a podcast? Should I create a video? Should I reach out to this person I've been wanting to reach out to for six months? The same thing works in an environment, right? Mm -hmm. When you go travel or you're in that place of bulletproof coffee, you can be like, dude, Dave, this was just an idea in his head. Yep. Like whether you agree with his, whether you agree with what he did or not, whether you agree with what he does or not, he has now manifested it into this thing in Canada that makes me feel like I'm in LA. All of a sudden you start having your own ideas 
because someone else is taking these massive risks and you're like, this is so cool. Right. So it's not even like, Hey, go for a walk or Hey, do this. Um, I do this workshop with my colleague, Lauren Yee, where we call the future is where your fun is, where we actually ask people, what did you love to do as a kid? And then we start to break down what are your play values, different from your regular values, Mm -hmm. but what are the values that exist when you're at play? And for me, I love to combine all my board games as a kid. And why did I, you know, Candyland, Mousetrap, all of them together. And why did I love it? Because it made, it was creative. It provided connection. It provided an experience. You know, there were all these things. The creative connection and experience are all the way in which I run my workshops. It's how I run my organization. Uh So when you actually identify people's play values and you put them together as a team, that's when you start making like the Avengers, right? That's when you start making like a really cool, powerful team that then forgets about time and forgets that they're working because they are just enjoying the moment so much, just like you were nerding out with your, your friend Dude, and you that, were like, that paper, and like paper. we were earlier, we were just, yeah. we forget our time. And then we make so much innovative stuff yep. that way. That, we're not forcing it. We're not. And that's what a lot of companies right now are doing. They're forcing, trying to make profit, right? Like we got to do it this way. We've always done it this way. And it's like, I don't think you're going to survive that way. Mm-hmm. At least that's my take on it. Um, one of the things that I think is important to note too is that everyone plays a bit differently too, right? Like everything, like exactly. so, so generationally, it's different. I was talking to somebody about this before, and I, I think it was after reading Nir Ayal's, and I think I talked to Nir about this. He, I'll, we'll link to that podcast episode in the show notes about uh, traction and distraction and the idea of video gaming, right? Like mm-hmm. my son watches people play video games on YouTube yeah. now. There's a lot of people go, well, that seems insane. Like, that seems right. absolutely insane. And initially, my old school thinking thought that too. I'm like, why are you? And I'm like, wait a minute. I watch sports. I right. watch people play right. hockey and sports. I'm not playing. Right. I'm watching. This is the equivalent of that now. Like, that's what it is. As soon as I uh, realized that's where it was, it immediately changed my my th- thinking yeah. around it. So I think... I think people need to be open to that, right? Like you need to look at things through that that eye of cur- again, that eye of cur- why you need to look the at, curiosity, right? Yeah, you need to look at not only through the lens of curiosity, but you need to also look at it at the uh, at a long term lens, right? I was speaking at the national, or you know, I was at the national sports forum um, not that long ago. This was like a few years ago, and this is just like all the major sports teams are hanging out there and stuff like that. And um, they brought someone from Twitch and the guy from Twitch was like, yeah, I think we're projecting, you know, a few billion dollars in the next (laughs) few years. And then it'll be like $10 billion. And people started like laughing at this guy because they didn't understand that Twitch and League of Legends and all these tournaments were going to make more money than the Super Bowl. They were like, that's just absurd. And when you have that closed minded idea, instead of just being open to being like, oh, Think about how many people now run businesses where they um, are opening boxes. That's what they're doing. Yeah, unboxing. Kids are, kids, yeah. Yep. Unboxing is a thing. You know, ASMR is a thing. I, I've done things. them. I've done an ASMR video of like me typing and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Yep. Dude, the things that a lot of people scoffed at or laughed at or even thought that like you could be a YouTuber mm-hmm. back in like 2008 and was like, that's really dumb. No one's going to do that. 
we need to stop being so close-minded and just be open to playing, right? I'm making a bunch of stuff on TikTok. I know a lot of people now that run businesses off of TikTok making 30-second and one-minute videos. Yep. What? Yep. Like, so, so I, I, you know, I implore anyone that is at a Fortune 500 company or at a business to do something similar to, oh, here, I'll give you this analogy, right? You know, the Buffalo Bills, this football team, hired these like young kids maybe they were like i don't know like maybe 19 20 probably still in college and they were like you get the third floor of the bills you know office and you can make whatever tiktok videos you want we don't care as we get to approve them obviously they have to fit you know but for the most part you get to just play Mm -hmm. right why are the bills now loved around the world because of that same yeah. thing with the guy that messed around with the Washington post. He now like all these Gen Zers know the Washington post because this guy plays using the Washington post TikTok account. So we just have to be more creative and allow people to, you know, play within a certain playground and give them the freedom to solve problems their way using their own play values and you're going to get more solutions than right now being like, you need to come back in the office. We need to brainstorm. And you know how we're going to brainstorm? We're going to get into a box room around a box table and we're going to have an hour and we're going to come up with all the ideas because that just doesn't work. It never worked. And it's an antiquated way of approaching it. Jeff, we could we could keep going, but I'm going to wrap it up here. We'll we'll definitely have you back on again um, because uh, there's lots of stuff that we can talk about. Jeff, where can people keep up with you and your work and, and uh, learn more about what you do so that they can uh, tap into the power of play? Uh, yes, deeper? yes. Oh, and right before I, I sure. answer that, at some point we should align wrestling with business. Like, what is AUW doing that compares? You know what I'm saying? There's so many. There's so many through lines. We should. With- we should do. You know what we should do? Uh, a Twitch. We should do it on Twitch. We'll do a watch along together of an AEW oh. of an AEW event, and we could do that as we watch the pay per view. Dude, I am down. See, you see the play that is just appearing. Yeah. So yes, if people want to connect with me, you can find me at rediscoveryourplay.com. And if you want to see my ridiculous videos, uh, find me at at Jeff Harry Plays, J E F F H A R R Y P L A Y S. I'm all about causing mischief. So we can create psychologically safe places for people to love their work again. Jeff, thanks again for joining me on A Productive Conversation. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Wow. You know, and again, we talked for two hours and you got a glimpse of it. But what gold inside of that glimpse? Thanks to Jeff for joining me on the program today. Of course, if you want to catch up on all the things that Jeff's doing, go to the podcast page. It's productivityist.com slash podcast 395. And if you want to support the show, subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss a single episode. You also get the show notes like right on your phone, right? Right on your mobile device. You, you probably are looking at that right now, which means you can find all the things that Jeff's got going on on your phone. And when you subscribe, you also can go back and find things very easily, such as episodes with Seth Godin and, uh, you know, Pamela Slim, who was on very recently, and uh, so many more, as well as some of the episodes that are to come, including the episode that's coming next week 
Uh, I'm really excited to talk to PG. Uh, we talk about so, you know, it, it's very rare that I get to talk to someone that I have such a vast understanding of, of where they're coming from. We're talking about walking so many things. You don't want to miss this episode, so uh, make sure you subscribe. And by the way, if you want to support the show beyond subscribing, beyond rating and reviewing the podcast, which by the way, we look at all the ratings and reviews, especially the reviews, so that way we can make the show better, support the sponsors of this podcast. You can find all of our sponsor links at productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors. And of course, you've heard some sponsors during this conversation. Make sure to check out what they have to offer. That's it for this conversation and this episode. Uh, Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation with Mike Vardy, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. Put some time in there for a little play too. See you later.